Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on the show, our guest is Karen A. Dahlman. Karen is the author of three books and a spirit communicator who has had a lifelong connection with spirit beings. She teaches within her books creative ways to commune with the higher self, spirit guides, and the unseen dimensions and energies that exist among us. Within her message, Karen shares the positive side to the Ouija board as a tool for exploring the expansive realms of consciousness. Being a frequent guest on international talk radio and podcast shows, Karen shares insight into discovering and unlocking one's greatness within and expanding this inner guidance system to create one's desires, dreams, and delights. Karen holds a master's degree from the University of New Mexico in archetypal art therapy. She is a licensed psychotherapist and is an experienced hypnotherapist and works with past life regression. You can visit her website at karenadalman.com. Karen Dahlman, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Hi, Sandra. Very glad to be here. Thank you for having me today. You're welcome. I'm so excited that I got a little tongue-tied in your introduction, but uh, I mean, well. It's a lot. (laughs) I'm really excited because, first of all, I think the subject matter that we are going to get into with the Ouija board um, is controversial to some, and so I know controversy sells, so we'll see where it all goes. But just to start out, Karen, first of all, thank you for saying yes to being on the show. Oh, absolutely. You're yeah. very welcome. I've heard some really wonderful things about you and uh, yeah, how warm and wonderful and giving you are. So how does your story begin that you get involved in this in, in this world? And uh, just keeping in mind that the name of the show is We Don't Die. So, of course, people love to hear why you believe that life after death is real. So if you can give oh, us some of your background. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm one of those children that at a very young age um, remembered, uh, uh, remembered. I guess you can say, kind of that I was from somewhere else. In a sense, I had always connections to other beings. I could see them. Um, they'd come in my room at night. Usually came when I was more calm. But I also had what you we might call an imaginary playmate that was not imaginary at all by no stretch of my imagination. Very real, very physical. And it would communicate with him and he would communicate with me first telepathically and then I started using my mouth but I remember he, his thoughts would come into my own. It was a very, very positive experience for me, yet I realized nobody else in my family experienced him. Mm. And so I learned pretty much at a young age not to talk too much about this stuff because, you know, you can kind of be uh, deemed crazy. So I just kept a lot of that to myself as I got older, and I put this imaginary playmate, I think, uh, at that time, away. I never really put him away, and I can explain how he stays in my – he's still in my life to this day. But uh, I put him away, so I thought – and about the age of eight, um, and I was still having weird experiences. I just went and talked to people about it. Uh, I had like guardian angels visiting me. I would call them the guardians, uh, but they are angels. They're angelic beings, and they'd visit me at night. And they and they phys- I physically would see them, and they'd come and touch me sometimes and make sure I was okay. And I, they felt very nurturing. But around the age of eight, I had some friends uh, who lived down the street, and they invited me to come to their house and play. They were two sisters. One was the age of eight, and one was 10, and I was eight. And so we went to their house thinking we're going to play some kind of new game they had. And they said, hey, we got this new game. Well, they pulled out the Ouija board. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? I, I really didn't know much about it. I just, I didn't even know what it was. And they said, you know, look, you can, we, you can, you can talk to the dead through this tool. I said, what? Come on. They, they put their hands on there and start talking and asking questions and it's spelling out answers. And they were a little silly at first. And I said, I want to try it. I said, okay, try it. And sure enough, it started moving and we were getting some answers to some questions. And they said, now we're going to introduce you to our sister. I said, what, what do you mean? Your sister's right here. They said, no, I have a dead sister. I said, oh. what? Yeah. One of the girls in the room, the twin, the older one, 10, had a sister who died right after birth. And, and they said, she is growing up. She is our age now. I said, what? Uh, she's dead, but she's your age? She goes, yes, we talk to her all the time. She's also 10. Now, that just opened this whole world up to me in terms of, hey, I've been seeing things. What are these things? Maybe these are the spirits, and this is similar. I can talk to him now through this board, and we can talk to a child who's dead, but also now is growing up on the other side. It really put a lot of things together for me at a very young age. So, Sandra, I quickly ran home, told my parents, it's true. It's true. The dead exist. You can talk to them. They're sure, sure. Wink, wink. <laughs> but that's what I was learning in church. I was, I, we were, I was a Catholic. We Course, were, I was yeah. raised Catholic. And I was told, you know, that, that you, you have an afterlife. And now I had proof and that you had guardian angels. And I already knew I had angels because I talked to them and I saw them. But here was more manifestation of it. And from that point on, I, I asked for a Ouija board for Christmas. I got one from Santa Claus that year. <laughs> God was, um, loves Santa Claus. God loves Santa Claus and Santa <laughs> Claus loves me. And it was December, get this, it was December 25th, 1973, and the day after, on December 26th, 1973, The Exorcist movie came out. So it was kind of cool. I got mine right before The Exorcist came out. <laughs> but that, 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 that incident led me on this lifelong journey and odyssey exploring the other realms with this incredible tool. Right. Wow. Incredible. And was it in The Exorcist movie that the Ouija board came out as a horror Piece? Yeah, in that movie, Reagan, who was a girl, but the true story was it was a boy. But the but Reagan used it to talk to Captain Howdy for about a minute and a minute and a half in the movie. That's about it, and that's supposedly Captain Howdy became Panzuzu, which was the demon in the movie. Blah blah blah. But that's how the 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 Ouija board was introduced. Now let me say this: when the Ouija board was made and sold all these years, it came out in 1890. It did. So when, Oh. Yeah, it's that old. It came out in 1990, 91 when we, the patent was granted. And it was made by a company called the, the Canard Novelty Company. William Fold was a varnisher at the company. He took over the company in 1919. His family owned it until 1966 when Parker Brothers bought it from them. And get this, in 1966 through 1967, that board outsold their top-selling game of the day, which was Monopoly. It sold 2 million copies. So you can imagine how popular this tool was. So, of course, Hollywood ran with that. And so when The Exorcist came out in 73, well, the book came out in 71, but the movie came out in 73, of course they used the Ouija board because it was, a pop, it was the most popular selling game. It was marketed as a game at the time. Mm-hmm. See? So Hollywood really knew how to use that as a marketing ploy. And, of course, the, there, there, there was your, your Ouija board <laughs> popping up in, in, a, in a negative manner. <laughs> yeah, really, really interesting how um... – these things come up and then they become, you know, something scary or something not to play with. I mean, I don't remember at, because when we were kids, I don't know if we had one or a friend had one, but you know, I knew the intent behind it was to talk to dead people. And I thought, Hey, cool. You know, but it wasn't the, uh, Oh my God, you can't play with that. You're, you know, bringing in the devil. So (laughs) it, it makes sense that it came in from the movie, but here's the thing. I, I'm all about, um, 
busting through myths on this show, you know, and and empowering people. Because I I know for myself, I did some studying on uh, EVPs, electronic voice phenomena, back in 2005, or I think it was 2005. And why I bring this up is um, at that time, you know, I really thought if I tried to record dead people, like, you know, I, the devil could come through, like, you know, oh. right? Because remember the movie White Noise that came out? I sure do. Yeah, so that had to do with uh, electronic voice phenomena. And so when I finally decided to take a course on uh, electronic voice phenomena with the couple that was at the time running the association for um, electronic voice phenomena, Tom and Lisa Butler, they told the story of how uh, EVP really got known in the world. And it was only because somebody featured it in a scary movie. And be- Very interesting. Yeah. And so they, they were really upset because they worked with whatever uh, film company it was. I can't remember what studios it was. But they trained them how to do this electronic voice phenomena. And and in the past, I mean, they, their knowledge of all these, you know, thousands of EVPs they recorded, recorded were messages of love and very often humor, right? So now... <laughs> This movie production company takes it, turns it into a horror, and of course they were horrified, like, oh no, this is, this is a tool people get good messages, not bad. Well, on one hand, you know, it caused a lot of fear, but on the other hand, Karen, the whole world knew about recording and people started doing it. And, you know, some people started doing it for the right reasons. So, Maybe through the, this conversation, we can demystify the Ouija board and it can be, you know, used as a tool for communicating with our loved ones and take away the, the stigma of uh, scary stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and, and Sandra, I was raised, again, in a, a Catholic family, and we did we did church, we went to yeah. I did the Bible school, I did uh, catechism, I did CCD, I did all the confirmation, did all of that. We had yeah. a rosaries, uh, rosaries in our rooms, we had our crosses on our walls, we were really into it, and and I and to me it didn't it wasn't contradictory it wasn't contradictory to the religion because my family wasn't like oh bad Ouija board they're more like sure you can go use this and you know they, there was no there was neutral there was no negativity no positivity they just probably thought it was a game um, we talk about it to this day because my parents still know I you know I do it that I I'm you know talking internationally about this stuff and write books about it you know that they, they fully understand there's something to this that I'm that I'm communicating with these different dimensions and realms and but but. I never had the fear instilled in me. Other people did. Other pe- children would come to my house. We do sleepovers, and and they, their parents would say, or the mom would say, "You could go to Karen's house, but you can't do the Ouija board." And I always said, "Why can't you do the Ouija board?" Don't worry, we'll play light as a feather, stiff as a board. We'll do something else paranormal. You know? <laughs> I forgot about that. We played that? that too. Oh. Fun. Well, we all played that, and so what? Why was that okay, and why was the Ouija board bad? See, the, my point was to me, it all was dealing with these other dimensions. Yeah. It was allowing us to explore and tap into what happens to our consciousness, what happens to our soul and spirit when we pass over. What 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 abilities do we hold within ourselves that we don't tap? And light as a feather, stiff as a board, really allowed us to start lifting people with like two fingers. You know, it showed us that there was so much more than meets the eye or what we're told. And so I thought, you can't do Ouija, then we'll do other kinds of games that'll let us reach into these realms. And so Ouija for me became kind of a symbol of that. But also, I was using it all the time with different people just to explore these realms and. 
I did start with speaking to, with the deceased, and it was beautiful for, for that. And to this day, I will still hold sessions where I will speak to the deceased or people have questions, and, and it helps them you know, have closure and, and on, on grief or to have some answers. And, and I communicate with animals also through this board. But I've taken it so much further, Sandra. I am speaking to ethereal beings of source energy, uh, any kind of angelic beings. I speak to extraterrestrials. I speak to any interdimensional beings that want to come through. I speak to anything that has a consciousness to it because this has become my tool. My, it's my excuse, my permission slip. It's my tool to reach into the other realms of anything that is it's a sentient being. It allows me to do that. Very interesting. So back to your story, though. So um, when did you start? Um, let's see. How do I even say this? Because at some point, did you you work in mainstream? Obviously, you went to school. Oh yeah, and you know became a psychotherapist and mm-hmm. and and all of this. And has it been um, all along that you've had the Ouija board around and that you were doing this? Did people know about it? it was kind of hidden. <laughs> I, well, let's say this. I was in the closet till. 2012 with it, although people that knew me closely, some, and I had some, I'll just say, I never say names, but I had some close therapists, friends, and administrators who used the board with me, um, and I've had prof- lot, many professional people and just people from all walks of life over the years, but it was a quiet, more secretive thing. I kept it that way because um, I was writing a book in 1997, and I was a, I was a practicing psychotherapist pretty, in Austin, I had, a, I had a private practice, and I had a lot of contracts in the hospitals, so I really had a prove that I was this grounded licensed practitioner. And if you brought up the word Ouija has such a a stigma and a controversial stigma around it that it just wouldn't fly. I I knew I'd be considered a quack. So I kept it separate from my practice. It always did. I kept it separate. It was something that I used for my own spiritual explorations on the side. Although definitely things I was exploring helped me be a better person and a better therapist with my clients. So I could see how it would work with it. It help segue into my work, but yet I kept them separate. And so I didn't talk about it openly. And I didn't publish that first book until quite a few years later. It was not until 2012. And when I published that book, I decided I can come out. Although the book doesn't, that first book of mine does not speak at all about the Ouija board, yet everything in that book I wrote with the help of my spirit guides and the angels. What's the name of your first book? It's called The Spirit of Creativity, Embodying Your Soul's Passion. Okay. And it's all about living the creative life that we, not to be an artist, but that we come into this world, creative beings, and we have to uncover that and release it. And then we can start manifesting and creating the world that we desire in greater, grander ways. This is before the, this is before the law of attraction even came out. This is way before all that stuff was, you know, the secret and all that. It was what the guides were bringing to me. And it was also the, some of the work I was doing with my, ther- with my clients. And so I put that into a book. And, but I didn't come out until 2012 with it published, and, and it immediately landed me on some big shows. And people were so interested in the Ouija, although still even in 2012 there was still a negativity about it, that um, I found that people started writing to me and said they were also in the closet with their board. Uh, they're <laughs> afraid. Yeah, they're professionals, and they're afraid to mention they do it because it's a kid's game or or it sounds st- stupid or it's that they know they're, they're t- tapping on something big or people say they're demonic or possessed. Sure. But people wrote to me and said, we really want to understand your odyssey with this tool. So that's why I wrote the book, The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication, because at that point I've been using the board for 40 years. 
<laughs> so, wow. Yeah, when that book came out, it had been 40 years I've been using the board, and that came out in 2013. And then that just, people just wanted to hear, learn more. And so I thought, you know what? I'm in the public now, no matter what I'm doing with my other career, my other life. I, I it's, it's not a negative stick for me anymore it's definitely it's always been positive but now I, I i'm so open and out there about it that i that it allows a lot of people to be open and to start talking about this wonderful tool oh yeah of course uh, spirit of ouija is it what it's called spirits the spirits the, of ouija the, or the spirits the, of ouija um yes. i had looked it up on amazon and yeah. you've gotten just all five star reviews i mean it's a good book yeah, um, people really, really, really like it. Um, it helps them to be open about it. A lot of people are curious about sure. this tool. Um, they, they, they get so caught up in the dogma and and, and the, the negativity around it that they were always afraid of it, but they, they kind of wanted to try it. So this, this book, people tell me to them, it's like the manual for the Ouija that was never written. <laughs> when you buy a Ouija board, there's no manual, and so they say this is like the manual that everybody needs to read. So I, I, I'm very honored by that that they would say that yeah it's really nice i met a woman at one of my workshops that i had gone to and she's got a um a note card and she's got a through z written on it and she's got the numbers written on it and she's got a real small flat crystal and she just when she's relaxing she'll just have a question in mind and you know her finger will just land on whichever a letter, you know, and, and mm-hmm. spells words and she's written philosophy and poems or, you know, she gives the credit Beautiful. to the spirit world. But, you know, I remember when she told me that, I thought, oh, that's no different than a Ouija board. Why? It why? is. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, board. yeah. And, and to give, I mean, it just shows how deep beliefs can be that an actual piece of, I don't know what, what they're made out of anymore, but you know, if you say it's a wooden board or something like that, that in and of itself, it can be a bad thing. You know, it's like, well, I always say, why would you give your power over to some inanimate object, such as a piece of wood or or masonite or compressed particle board or cardboard? That's what they're made out of now. It's mostly cardboard. And why would somebody give their power over? And it's not because um, it's not really because of that individual. It's because of all things they've heard from yes, their beliefs, yes. from what they've learned, what's been indoctrinated in them, what's been spoon fed into them. And I say, really check that and look at yourself and what do you want to believe about it? Because that's all it is. It's a tool. It's a permission slip to reach into other realms. No different than a than a k2 meter no different than a frank's box no different than a candle lit in your room no different than um you praying it's it's it, there's nothing different it's just a, a it's just a tool to augment you to reach into these realms now you and i were having a conversation a little bit earlier um you and i have something very much in common and it's our exploration into you know being a more of a medium and transmediumship and and channeling mm-hmm. and once you take the board away, you can still do this work. And that's where I'm at today with it. Take the board away. I'm still talking to my guides. Um, and so it's not the board. It's me. It's ourselves. That you, it's the user of the board, the operator of the board that is able to reach in these realms. It just becomes a symbol for them or a simple way that says, okay, let's use a tool and that'll help you guide you through it. Now, yes. the woman who writes on the piece of paper, um, you, you guess technically you can't call it a Ouija board. We just trademarked, but you would call that a spirit board, a channeling board, a talking board. And this brings up a great point. I'm glad you brought up that story. People ask me this all the time. What kind of board should I get? My answer is get the board that makes you feel most comfortable with yourself. Get or or make one yourself even better because you put your intentions into it. And that's what's going to work for you. 
Um, and the reason why is because, again, it's not the board. It's how you feel about yourself, the energetic vibration that you raise yourself to that allows you to reach into these other realms. Mm, very good. My mind is going to like an image of dousing rods. You know, oh, yes. The old timers that would douse for where to put a, a you know underground stream or where the to build a well and all that stuff. And and people always thought that these rods had magic powers. But right. no, it's got nothing to do with the rods. The body would s- signal the rods to open up. You know, That's so right. we are the channel. We are the instrument. It's not the board. It's not the rods. You know, it's it's us. Exactly. And exactly. And, and so it, some of us, like I was so young and that was the way I learned to tap into these realms. And so I, it just worked very well for me. So, you know, today it's like, I love, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy using the board. I enjoy that direct communication. I enjoy how well it works for me. And here I'm, I'm on my 43rd, 44th year, excuse me, I'm going in my 44th year of using this tool. And it's, it's, it's just been, it's been such a part of my life, but again, I don't need it. Um, I can speak directly with spirit. I started there when I was very young and I'm full circle back there again. And that's, and I, but I do enjoy having this tool, um, you know, and I dowsing rods. I love too. And I love tarot. I have a bunch of tarot decks and Oracle cards, which again, that's just a tool. And I, I just want to stress as you, as you've been stressing too, Sandra, to the, to the audience is that there, there doesn't have to be any negativity associated with this, except for the negativity you want to bring to it. In fact, I don't even believe in evil. I believe in evil people, people having evil behaviors, but I don't believe in evil inherently. It's what we bring to the table and what we project onto things that makes it so. Yes, I believe that. And you know, Karen, it's so funny because we're talking about this and I hear the words coming out of my mouth that, you know, it's just a board, piece of wood, piece of cardboard. (laughs) But my belief in what my brain is still trying me to convince is, well, there's no way in hell you're going to get one, Sandra. Right? Like that's what's coming in my mind right now. So I love that because we have to, that's what I tell people. I say, explore that within yourself because like people are like, I want to do it, I want to do it. Okay. And then I say, well, what do you really think and feel about it? Well, I was told this and I say then look at that next look at that because you're gonna if you take this tool and start using a tool and you still have some trepidation Mm -hmm. and 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 even subconscious trepidation you're gonna attract more negative things to you there there is negative energies out there there are lower lower astral there are the stuck energies and you can draw that you can draw that to you but just as easily if you have different intentions and beliefs you can draw these magnificent angelic beings and source energy and Ethereal beings that have, gosh, the stuff they say is just profound. I mean, it's, I, they they write all my books with me. Their names should really be on these books. But they said we want no, we we want we want no gratitude or we we want no um, accolade for that because we are here just to support you and you're the one in human form. They're, they're kind of coming through right now and saying that. Um, so it's just it's really you have to look at how you feel about any tool you use and then if you bring that to the table then you will tend to get you know whatever it is you you think it's kind of like the placebo effect you believe uh this sugar pill is going to work for you it will if you don't believe it's not going to work it probably won't same thing here yeah so and and also you know this just brings up to me challenging beliefs because if i've got you know this maybe subconscious belief that, yeah, we're talking about this, but I'm not going to get one. But here, but, <laughs> but like, where, what other beliefs do I hold is true? Yeah. And, and, you know, as human beings in our younger days, I mean, how many people believe that they're not smart enough? How many people believe they're not lovable? Uh, right. How many people believe, you know, th- th- they can't play sports? And I mean, some of these, 
this might just be a good conversation to realize that we got to challenge our beliefs because, you know, there's not a single one of us that's not lovable. But, you know, I mean, I've experienced many times that I feel unlovable, you know, Uh, but there's no truth in it. So nobody's saying you have to go out and buy a Ouija board. Right. You don't. Right. But if you can use this conversation to challenge some of those beliefs and uh, be open to whether it's creating your own board or or using something to uh, get yourself closer in touch with the spirit realm, all good. So let's talk about um, tying it in with how you've used it that you believe in life after death. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. There's, I just want to say with that comment you just made, I just, gosh, it was, it's, it's brilliant to say that because I, what I find, and this is how I help people reach into their greatness with this tool, and not just this tool, but these ideas like you're, you brought up. It's the concept that there are many possibilities to life. And, and as you said, if you can explore what's going on internally within yourself, your whole life externally will be different. Uh-huh. If you really, yeah, if you really can clean up that stuff in there, because it's true, we all were born in love and light, and they're, they're not inherently evil, not wicked, and not sinned full of sin we were born pure and light and we can get back to that place and and i find this tool has helped people do that but i also find just having this conversation exploring like you said your internal beliefs is where it needs to go that's that was so well said thanks so yeah good 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 segue into this and so um this is what has happened for me with this with this tool with the afterlife so we started talking with that sister um, and I was just blown away, not just that we could talk to her, but blown away that she was still alive. And so what the spirit guides tell me all the time, they say, what you guys, you human, humanity calls death, we call life. There is no such thing as death. It's always a continuation of life. It just changes form. So they get into the physics of it, but they say, this is what we experience. Now, when I talk to somebody who's passed over, and I do that quite often, and I have many, many times over the years, they will say, oh, my God, it's such a joy to be here. I've had nobody say, this sucks, (laughs) or or it's over. It's always been a beautiful continuity of love. Now, I will tell you what changed, uh, changed, what really made me look at this tool and look at the afterlife in an even grander way. And I, I would like to share this story with your listeners because it kind of it parroted what had happened to me at a young age at the age of eight with this with the sister who was deceased. So the story goes like this. Now this was about 13 years later. So here we are. It was it was uh, 1986. I had taken the board with me uh, to college uh, towards the end of my college years. I think for the last year, year and a half, and I had a sorority. And I was there was a couple girls in this group that were really good at using the board with me, and the, and everybody was pretty cool about it. Nobody cared, you know. And there's a few people in the house that the sorority house that were a little freaked on it. And I said, well, I'll just you know I'll do it in my own room or whatever. And but they said, you know, we're curious. There's all these stories we're hearing, and this is really fascinating. We'd like to see you use it, mm-hmm. but we don't really believe it's real. And I said, okay. To this day, I don't, I don't prove anything, but then I felt like I wanted to prove to them something was going on here. I was, I was kind of on a different mission with the tool. So I invited, it was about eight women, um, and then myself, and then a, the other person who operated the board with me, and then a person who was writing, who was a scribe. Um, and so we, well, what I did was this, and I kind of popped this on my partner who's using the board. I said, we're going to blindfold ourselves. She's like, oh, okay, we'll do that. We had such a strong connection with this deceased woman we were talking to that we knew that she would come through. And I also had a spirit guide who was coming through, and I knew that there was no problem with this tool working. So, it, so we had that much faith in our abilities to work this tool, I should say. We had a faith in our, our own abilities. Mm-hmm. 
So we sat down, blindfolded ourselves. We used her board, which was an older board than mine. Mine's in circa 73. Hers was circa 19, uh, late 50s, 60s. So it, it was a board that was a lot larger. I wasn't used to using it. And we put it on our laps. We sat down cross-legged from each other on our laps. We were blindfolded, could not see, put our hands in the planchette, and we just opened it up asking for the guide to come through. And then the other gal was sitting there ready to write, take dictation. Mm-hmm. So here we are. It starts the planchette, which is the piece that goes on the on the board, which is an indicator which points to the letters. Right. It starts moving rapid fire, Sandra, around this board really quickly. I'm used to that, but at that time, I wasn't used to that kind of rapidity. It, this was so rapid. Move, 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 move. I hear a little sniffle around. I'm like, is everything okay? They're like, no, no, go, go on, go on. Move, move, move. And, it, and this girl's writing. And we're, I'm, just, I'm just trying to keep my fingers on for dear life. <laughs> right. Basically, it stops, comes to complete stop, halts. So we pull our blindfolds off, and I asked the gal, right, and I said, please, please uh, read what it says. Now, I, I always change the names of people. So yeah, this of course. Is basically, yeah, yeah. So this is basically what it said. And, and so it's not verbatim. I don't have the book I'm reading in front of you, but it's in my book, The Spirits of Ouija, verbatim. I used to keep, and I still do, copious notes of every session. So what it said was this. Dear Layla, this is your sister. I want you to know that I am fine, and so is my boyfriend. We love you. We're still with you. We died on impact. Please do not carry the burden of our loss anymore. Know that the only pain we feel is the pain that you carry because you feel like you've lost us. We are here. We will always be with you. We love you. Tell mom and dad, I give my love and we'll be with you again. Now, when that happened, there was not a dry eye in the room. We just listened to the message. It was quiet. You could hear a pen drop. And then the gal who this message was for started crying. I went, what? You got a dead sister? I didn't even know she had a dead sister. Oh. She apparently had a daughter, a sister that died four or five years earlier. She never talked about it. Nobody in that room knew but her. And I'm like, wait a second. Okay, something's going on here. Plus, we were blindfolded, okay? So we sat there. She's crying. And the girls are looking at us going, oh, my God. And, I, and, and now my partner and I knew. We were like, we've been doing this stuff for a while. This is, this is really working. And I just said, you guys. No more fun and games. I don't need to prove anything to anybody else. I said, this changes the whole thing with this tool. This is for grief. This is for closure. This is to know that life continues on. This is to know that love is there forever, never to end, never to cease. It's always going to be in existence. And that taught me a big lesson. At that moment, in that time, that that second, it changed my whole direction I was going with this tool. Although I was doing, you always using it positively, but it gave me a new focus that this was very therapeutic. This was very much would allow us to, to help people. And that life does really continue on with love, nothing but love. And this gal and her boyfriend that were killed in this car, car wreck was not their fault. They were killed by somebody else. They had no animosity, no pain and no, no fear, no grief, no disappointment, no anger. And that was such a beautiful thing to learn. That's incredible. Your hands must've been flying over, over that board with all it those words, <laughs> all that, those letters. And the person oh, keeping yeah. track of each letter and writing it all down. I mean, that must have happened fast. It did. And and thank goodness the gal was dictating. She had done dictation before, so she was good at it. Now, when I typically use the board now, I have only one finger on the planchette. My partner will have like two or three on each hand. And then I write with my right hand. I have my left hand, and it moves around really quickly. And I call it the letters, and I just write them down. And I write them as I, and I, and I that's how I can separate myself from it. So it becomes more, uh, I'm not, I'm not in the, I, 
what was the word I'm trying to say? I dissociate in a sense from what's coming so I can really let it come through naturally without my influence. And that's a technique I've taught myself over the years and it seems to work really well for me. Hmm. Can you do it with just yourself or do you need a partner yes. to do it? I can do it by myself and, 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 um, and I'll explain that. Uh, I, for 39 years, I only used it with a partner. And I'll tell you why, Sandra. On the back of the box and on some of the older boards, on the back of the board, it said, use with a partner, preferably male, female, and put this board planchette between the two of you, or the board with the planchette, and rest your fingers lightly on it. So I followed the only little rules that were on the box and board and thought you had to have a partner. Okay. And then I used to list one of my brothers when I was younger because I thought you had to have a boy with you or a man. So it, what I've learned after 39 years, I've always used a partner, that I started using it by myself. And I prefer a partner. I, I like the camaraderie, camaraderie of using it with somebody and the conversations that it, it evokes. And also, I think um, when people first start out, it's easier to feel the pull, the planchette, when the when the energies move it, of the, of the energies you're contacting. It's easier to find that and know what it feels like than when you try it right out of the box with your yourself. So it's kind of hard to do it on your own. Plus, I know people who get addicted to this tool um, because it is you can have immediate results with it. And I try to keep people away from doing that. I'd say it's better to, to work with somebody, although I'm not opposed to it um, at all. If, if, it, if that's all they can do, then, they, then definitely they can use it by themselves. Hmm. And then how did you transition to now not needing it and just hearing the words coming through? Well, to me, the board, because I've been doing it such a long time, mm-hmm. and, and the spirit guides and I talked about it, it was almost like it become a crutch for me where I had uh, always had desires to, to move it off the board because I've always been very intuitive, empathic, and they said, you know, you, you, you can work with us directly without this. And, and they also said your work in the world that you're doing, it, it slows it down because it, for them it's a direct transmission. It comes really quickly, even when the deceased speak to you, it comes fast, and especially these ethereal beings, it comes real quick. Quickly. And when I do the board, it slows the process way the heck down. And so it might take, you know, you can imagine, spin out all the letters. It can take 15 minutes to get something that would have only taken one minute if I was verbally saying it. So in order to bring their messages to the world in a, in a more complete way, part of my goal was to get off the board. So I can even get the more profound messages where I don't lose any words and they don't have to be simplistic to spell it all out, but it can come through more quickly. And so it's something I've been practicing, you know, for the last couple of years to do that. I just got this image of my mind of a cartoon and it's Ooh. two souls that are like communicating telepathically and they're both looking down with this face, you know, looking at the person on earth with the Ouija board and they're going T H right. You know, like how slow. They're like, my God, could you please speed this up? <laughs> and the two of them are blah, 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 blah. You know, cause we get the, the old, psychic communication in the spirit right. world. I just thought it's pretty funny. That's really, that's really cute. And truly that's how it works. And it's sometimes I'll do, I'll get their, their words coming through on the board and the word will be missing. And they, and I'll, I'll say, did you guys forget a word? They go, we didn't forget it. You did because we're coming, we have to slow it down for you. And you missed that word. And it's true. It's like, I might've thought in my head real quick and they go, Oh, she got it. But if I don't say it out loud, then it's like I didn't get it. And they, they know that. So they work around that with me. That's the reason why I speak the letters out loud when I do it. Um, everybody has their own way of using this tool. That that I just developed that over the years, and it works really well for me. <laughs> yeah, why not? Now, are you still working with people, helping them bring through their loved ones and things like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Still do that. Um, and also the, a big thing that we've been doing is, like I mentioned, was animal communications even. Uh, and this is this might sound a little strange, but I don't think it will to your audience. Because um, people can communicate with animals, you know, they're alive. I also communicate with animals that are alive through the board. So oh, I can talk. Can talk to- about that a little because, yeah, you know, I, I've been asked that I don't talk about animal communication enough. And, and the thing is, is you know, we love our animals. We we fall in love with our animals. I mean, we're closer oh, yeah. to our animals than with most human beings because of that unconditional love. So we yeah. want to know that they go on. And then even, you know, I've got a cat in this house that his name's Harry and he, you know, doesn't love me. He loves my aunt and that's fine because she's home more than <laughs> I am. But, you know, the cat looks at me and he just walks right by, you know, no interest. You know, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind a little communication. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a good Absolutely. kitty but you know let's build a little relationship here have a little compassion you know they have a, they have a lot to say and in, in each animal as we know we just from be, you don't have to even talk to your, to your animals although they're always as they, they tell me they're always communicating with us and they think it's silly when I try to talk to them on the board because they said wait you talk to us all the time so there's a subconscious telepathic level where we're not even always aware mm-hmm. of it that we're in communication and people do that with their plants they know you know they feel that this plant needs this or needs that soil or needs this water or needs this you know new vase or whatever it is mm-hmm. and your animals are the same and it's more than just reading their body language they communicate this on such a different it's a visceral it's images it's very different so for them to sit there and spell they need they usually get helpers so when i work with animals through the board whether they're deceased or alive um there i have special um I would say guides that come through who actually work with the animal kingdom and they come through and they're kind of like, you could call them an oversoul to the certain species. And these beings will come through and help translate into words for us. But the, how they do that is they read the vibration of the animal, whatever the animal's exuding or, or expressing, and they'll pick up its images, they'll pick up its, its feelings and they translate that into words that's close enough and that's what psychics do or mediums too. We're, we're picking up on those vibrations of the images we're receiving. So it's very much done in the, in the imaginal realm, those kind of centers as well as through the feeling centers through our senses. And that's how they communicate. And so when they come to the board, those, I have this guide, these helpers that are translating that into words. And then I'm getting real sentences and, and animals will, to me, when they communicate, they're very much like a, a little five or six year old who will just speak their mind and there's no filters and it's just hysterical and it's beautiful and it's just so wonderful because it's pure. <laughs> Can you give us any examples? Is there anything oh, that sure. comes to mind? Yes. Yeah. Well, so I've done quite a few shows where we're we're doing this for people with the board. I say me and my my partner and I are doing this on the board, and people ask questions of their animals, and mostly people want to talk to their deceased animals. But I will tell you this: um, in general terms, with the deceased animals, they do continue on; they have continuity of life. They don't die when they transition. They understand transitioning even before they transition. They totally get it. They get that they always will exist, and they come and they always come through with the beautiful message, just like our loved ones do, of how much. Thank you for taking care of me. Uh, you love me. I, um, of course, I've always loved you. I will. I'll be here with you again. Those kinds of messages. Now, I've had some specific things where I've spoken to um, people's pets that are alive or even wild animals. For example, um, I had this rattlesnake. You could talk to all levels of animals, by the way, all different kinds. 
Um, and so this rattlesnake came into my yard and, and I had posted it on Facebook and I took pictures of it and I wasn't afraid of it cause I knew, I, I know how far they can, they can jump and they have to be coiled up to jump. They, and I know they can only go like a third of their body and I, I know all that stuff. And I wasn't afraid until it coiled up. And once it coiled up, I said, okay, time to go back in. But I got all these wonderful photos of it and people were like, why didn't you kill it? You know, why don't you, and I was like, why? I had such a f- feeling from the snake that it just was passing through and it just wanted to, what it did, it went over to my little fountain I have, which is like a little waterfall and just stuck its head in there and drank water. And then it moved, sat there for a while and then went on its way. It was thirsty. And so I thought, you know, let me, let me t- communicate with this animal, um, this reptile. So I did. And it came through and said, it just, it, it said it in, in a language I can understand, obviously. So it was interpreted by like a oversoul energy of this snake, of the rattlesnake. Uh-huh. And it came through and it said, just, just so you know, I, I, I just came through to drink and I, I'm not afraid and I hope you aren't either. However, trust that I am a wild animal and I will strike if I have to. But I came through and I've come through before just to have a drink. And then I'm on my way. And I was like, that's exactly what it did. And I, I knew it was a he. It said it was a he. I knew how old it was. It told me how old it was. It's things like that. It just, it's, you can have these kind of specific conversations with these animals. Have you ever reconnected someone with their deceased pet? Oh, many, many times, many different shows. I have them call in and they want to talk to them and they have conversations or they say, or the animal come through and say something specific that only they would know or, um, something about what they enjoyed that happened. And I had people that I, this is what I find is one of the hardest thing for people. So, and I fully get it. I know you will too, Sandra. There's times when people have to put their animals down. Yes. I've yeah. been there. It's awful. Yes, exactly. It's awful. And, but it's necessary and, and it's necessary because you don't want that animal to you suffer. Right. And do heroics that don't need to be done. And I wish we treated, we could do some people more often too. I don't know. I have a whole different thing on a belief on life and death. Cause I don't believe that death ever exists. So what I find is people have the hardest time with that. And the biggest question is, will be that I had this dog or I had this cat and I had to put them down. And is she upset at me? And, and people hold that. Are, are these animals of mad course. at me? Oh yeah. Yes. I don't blame it, people at all. I, I fully get it. And their answer is, you love me so much. Thank you for taking care of me. It was time for me to go, and I knew that. And you responded because I was letting you know, and you took me to this place and allowed me to go peacefully. Thank you. That's what the answer is every single time. I, I, so many different words. But that's what the answer is. They understand the love behind it, that you really, really cared for them. And you only did that out of love. And just because we can't have a verbal language, you know, with the alphabet that we have, and they, it's, it doesn't matter. They feel. Their, animals are so feeling-centered and so telepathic. And that's their communication. So they feel us so strongly. And they feel your love. And they feel your sadness about it. And they only want you to go to... They only want you to know that everything's going to be okay and, that, and not to grieve over them, that they're here. They're right there with you. Yes, as are our deceased loved ones right here. It's no yeah. different. And, and, and animals, yeah, the, yeah, it always bothered me when I used to hear different traditions say, oh, the animals don't have souls or they don't continue on. Well, that's just, that's just hogwash, at least from my experiences and, and everything I've done with, for people over the years with talking to the animals and the deceased, they do continue on. Everything that's alive, sentient beings have souls. They they do continue on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Now, do you have a YouTube channel where we can see you doing some of these things? 
Absolutely. I'm glad you asked. I, I do. I have a, a channel. It's under my name, Karen A. Dahlman, D-A-H-L-M-A-N. And I started a new show in the last couple of months. I have one show that's called The Women of Ouija, where we talk about all things Ouija for the last two years. There's like 67 <laughs> episodes. Yeah, that's wow. a fun one. Really fun. We do a lot of uh, exploration into spirituality along with the Ouija board. I can't separate the two. But I have a new show I just started called Creative Visions TV. We're in the, it's called Creative Visions TV Beyond the Board. And I do shows where my partner and I will show you how to use a board. We use it. And we did a session not too long ago where everybody on my channel, subscribers, got to writing with their questions. We drew them out of a hat and answered their questions and did a show where we're using the board, answering their questions. And you can watch and see, see us in operation and how we work and also how we talk about it. There's three of those shows. And then I do shows where I interview people that I've met a lot of these people I've met because of the Ouija board and a lot of them do have affiliations, either collecting the board or using it. And they've been on my channel talking about things such as using crystals for healing, um, being a, becoming a medium, developing your skills, mediumistic skills, um, spirit communication, and also developing your creativity. So I've got a great lineup there of guests. It's That's a lot of fun. Really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And that, that channel like yours, Sandra, which I really appreciate your channel. It's Thanks. all about empowering yourself. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. things can be entertaining, absolutely, but ultimately, we want to have a, a better life and to use absolutely. whatever tools we have to know that we're not alone, that there's beings guiding us, uh, helping us, and our loved ones are still around, and our life is for a purpose. I mean, you know, yeah, like entertainment's good and having fun and all that. I have no problem with that whatsoever, but, you know, if we can be courageous and go after our dreams and share and help other people. I mean, that's where the juicy stuff is. Karen, looking I, at the time, we have about 10 minutes left. It, I'm sure there's stuff that I should have asked you that I haven't, or maybe they're, you know, just reach into your guides. And is there anything that you want to share that um, you haven't touched on already or, you know, to just give us some philosophy or whatever the floor yeah, is well, yours. You're right. There's always so much to share in so many different directions. I would say mm -hmm. the biggest thing here is, is you know, we're, we're talking about the Ouija board in a way is just as a tool. And I want to just emphasize that again. It's not the board that has any magical special powers. It, it's inanimate. It, what it is, is ourselves. And right. so the board, the board, yes. And the, like we we're talking about earlier, the board has really taught me about my own internal empowerment, but not just the board. There's many different techniques I use and tools and tips and ideas and suggestions and things I've studied over the years that have helped me develop that. And I would say if there's anything I, I can say in the show that's, and the guides are saying, yes, we want you to share this. I think the, the largest, the biggest, most important message here is that we are, are a, a type of being that is so so full of promise, so full of possibilities for expression of ourselves in the world at large, but also within ourselves. So we could just begin to turn back within ourselves and begin to explore this world within. And that's when we will see everything externally shift change. No matter what's going on around us in the world, if we see that these possibilities exist within ourselves, these beautiful uh, abilities are within us, the proclivities, skills, aptitudes are all within us and we shift and find them, uncover them, discover them, explore them. We will find and, and express them. We will find that our worlds will change. And anything that you can do to augment yourself to do that, whether it's meditation, whether it's taking a walk in nature, grounding yourself, surrounding yourself with crystals, 
uh, using uh, tools such as a tarot deck, whatever it is. It, it might just be yourself as a walking tool as we were talking about earlier. It's allowing yourself to tap into this, tap into that wisdom within, because truly that is source within yourself. Truly that's where it's found. Oh, Karen, thanks so much. I wholeheartedly agree. And in this day that we have so much technology and our minds are busy between everything that's going on and then our cell phones and our computers and our television and everything, there's not a lot of opportunity for a quiet mind. And it really is quieting the mind and going within that, you know, this whole, I mean, I'm just getting a visual of a flower. Uh, you need to water your plants and flowers for them to grow and bloom. And the nurturing for us to bloom really is quieting our mind and being still. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I love that flower image because it, that's it, it does. We do need to nurture this, and it is delicate like a flower. And then once you once you discover that and allow that garden to grow, it becomes so robust. It becomes so robust that you feel super empowered in your core, in your center, that then you feel like you can do, be, express anything you want to in the world. And it just gets stronger and stronger the more you go within. It's kind of really ironic in a way that that's where, that's where you really find the truth and wisdom is all within. And the spirit guides are saying, yes, that is your source. Source, source is not here to serve you. Source is here to work through you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Well, Karen. Well, Karen. Well, Sandra, (laughs) (laughs) I'm hearing an echo for some reason on the line here. Um, So what's the the best way for people to get in touch with you is through your website. Yes, that's right. Yes. Website's a great place. I'm all over social media too, under Karen A. Dahlman. I have a newsletter uh, on my website. You might want to join. You won't get all this crap coming out. You'll get something like maybe once every four to six weeks articles. And then, and then also, um, yeah, come, come check out my YouTube channel. I'm really excited about uh, what we're doing now and, and, and how we're bringing uh, the information from the guides more to the forefront for everybody to be a part of participate and also really trying to help people learn to do all this natural work themselves there's no taking the mysteriousness out of uh spirit communication or even out of understand how to work with the deceased or your spirit guides it's very very natural and really trying to help people do that so yeah come join me um and i really love all you know people write to me too it's really fabulous i i, I appreciate all the support so yes I'd love to see everybody in social media and over at my sites. Oh, fantastic. So if you are listening to this episode right now on YouTube, uh, you can just scroll down um, and in the body of the description of the episode, I'll have the link to uh, Karen's YouTube channel and to her website and to her books. Very exciting. Well, Karen, it has been a delight to talk to you. Oh, it's been wonderful on my side. Great, great talking to you too. And it's just a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, anytime. And I'm, I'm still, you know, left challenged with my belief of the Ouija board. I'm like, what is that? You know, but what a great thing to start challenging beliefs. You know, use yes. it as, and, and again, we're not saying everybody go out and buy one, but let's look at some beliefs that we have and, you know, find some evidence that they're true and then maybe we can talk, right? <laughs> That's it, right there but, in a nutshell. <laughs> but most of them, you can't. And uh, as a reminder to our listeners, um, feel free to go to wedontdieradio.com. You click on the Insiders Club and you get a copy of uh, How to Survive Grief, my audio about grief, and also read from my book, We Don't Die. 
And I've mentioned this before, but there's a great uh, afterlife conference coming up in September. The Afterlife Symposium, it's called, which is September 15th through 17th in Scottsdale, Arizona. So come meet me in person if you like. Afterlifestudies.org is the website. Check out who's doing what in the world of the afterlife. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm really happy that we just had this great conversation with Karen. How fun. Um, and I want to tell you, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to our show and other shows. Some people have written me that have listened to every single episode. That's a, that's quite a commitment of your time, but it shows me that people are looking, looking for answers, looking for a community, um, uh, looking for reasons to feel hope. And I can tell you, and Karen can, and many of the guests can, life after death is real. Your life is for a purpose. You know, so while you're here, learn, connect, um, quiet your mind, tap into these things within. If you hear something from one of the guests that inspires you, find out more about it. You know, just check it out and have some fun. So I do really, from the bottom of my heart, want to thank you for listening. And we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.